Hello, this is Haifia Podcast, Haifia Project, and today, consultant, policy advisor, researcher in the field of water management and climate change, program leader of Greenland Climate Solutions at Wageningen University and Research, and one of the creators of the Vision Future Map of Netherlands 2120, Team Van Hattem. Hello, team. It's pleasure. Hi. It's pleasure to have you here. I'm super excited. It's very early on. How are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, very excited. Great. Uh, I've seen your TED talk recently. TEDx uh, talk. It's been amazing. Uh, it, so many brilliant points. So many brilliant ideas. But the very first one that I remember at the top of my head is this: two sides of the conversation about climate change, positive and negative way to tackle climate change. What do you think, what's your, what's your perspective on current state of the world awareness? What do you think majority of people think about climate change? Well, uh, I think people are starting to, to feel the effects of climate change uh, nowadays. So I think um, scientists have been warning us for, for the impact of climate change already for for 40 or 50 years and now we are we start to feel uh, what climate change will mean and I, I see that people are getting concerned about it and and so so I think the awareness raising uh, phase is, uh, is 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 a little bit over now we, we have to uh, uh, we have to really start doing something about it. We have to act. So I think that the, there's a little bit of change in in the in the mindset also because people now know that climate change is there. Gotcha. And it, I, I remember you opened your TED talk with a story about talking in a preschool or a school of your child how. You were talking to young people, and you've opened. Can you can you uh, share that story one more time, just so we can like be in your sure. shoes? Yeah, I'm, uh, my daughter had a had a, when she was ten years old. She's now twelve years old, but she had a she had a project at school about climate change, uh, no, about about planet Earth. And and I I talked to her teacher, and and uh, well, I said, uh, well, I work in. Uh, in the field of climate change so do you also tell them something about climate change because if you talk about planet earth you can not uh, uh, tell them something uh, uh, about uh, the the big problem we are facing and that's climate change and and she said well actually it's, it's not uh, on top of our list but if you can tell them something uh, please uh, go ahead so that's what i did and i i, I walked to the uh, to the school with my uh, with my laptop and a lot of slides about uh, the topic of climate change and i start uh, telling the story that that we are telling a lot uh, that climate change is becoming a big problem and that we will face big floods and heat waves and wildfires and droughts and i show them all these pictures of all over the world and at that moment, I, I really, I realized that these kids were really, I saw, I saw fear in the eyes of the, these kids. Uh, they were getting scared. And I, actually, at that moment, I realized that, that our story, our narrative uh, about climate change, it, it's spreading fear and that's, uh, le le it's not leading to action. Um, 
so and, and I, of course I should also show the picture of how the Netherlands will look like uh, when the sea level is rising and uh, well uh, large parts of our country is below sea level um, so we have a lot of these future pictures of the Netherlands uh, when the Netherlands is half of the Netherlands is flooded uh, so I showed them this, this picture and I told them that the Netherlands is below sea level and the sea level is rising because of climate change and these kids were really there was one boy he almost started to cry and I thought uh, what are we doing Mm-hmm. What what story are we telling? We we have to spread hope and not fear. Um, so that was the moment for me that I I thought we really have to change the narrative about climate change and we have to to come up with a with a positive and a future perspective for people instead of um, telling them the story about uh, all the problems we are facing. And that's that's really important as well. And we have to know. Of course, we have to tell them that uh, climate change will create a lot of a lot of challenges. But if we want to 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 uh, get people into the action modus, we really also have to tell them where we want to go, the future we want. That's what we have to tell them. Exactly. I love the sentence you've crafted: a narrative of hope and making climate change sexy. And that. Yeah. It is, it is something that I'm curious about because a sexy and beauty and making something cool, especially when talking about younger audience, it's a very, it's not, it's not universal. I, I can imagine like making something so big, so important, we have to be really culturally relevant and approach it from a very different perspective. And this podcast is one of the attempts to really spread the awareness to younger people, to people who well, the way I see it right now, you're the representative, one of the people who actually do something about the future. And not a lot of people know about people like you because you're busy trying to do the change. And you're, you're, one, you're one of the most vocal people I know when it comes to field of climate change is because you do TED Talks. I, when I Google you, when I do YouTube search on you, I can find stuff. But a lot of people just are not so present in social media. And my question here is, uh, when we talk to young people about climate action, what, what do you see their role in it? The role of young people. Well, I think the role of young people is essential because, uh, well, my daughter is 12 years old now. And in 10 years, she will uh, go and work somewhere and, and, and do something. And I, I think um, we have to prepare them for the, for the big changes we have to make. We have to transform uh, everything we do, our energy system, our food system, uh, the way we live, the way we move, uh, what we eat, everything will be changed in the next decades. And we have to explain our kids why that is so important. But I think we need our kids also to help us to implement all these changes we have to make. And that's that's a huge challenge we are facing. And, and we need everybody. Everybody needs to be on board in this, in this, in this transition. So our kids are essential. And uh, uh, well, well, when I was explaining them about the climate problem, I, I thought 
we don't have to tell them about the climate problem because we we don't have to convince anybody anymore that that climate is changing but, but we have to explain where we have to go and what changes we have to make and uh, because we need architects we need um, uh, farmers we need uh, politicians um, but but our kids are the the leaders of the future so they have to make these changes of course we have to do it as well but in the next uh, well, this is a transition that will take decades uh, uh, 30 40 maybe maybe uh, 60 or maybe 100 years so our kids uh, will play a very important role in that yeah yeah i I, I totally agree with the perspective. I, th I think one of the topics you've mentioned too was the climate solutions as business opportunities. I think if we're talking about young children, people like 12 years old, 13 years old, preschool, school, uh, this is slightly different audience from people who are in their teens, just getting into being a real adult, you know, paying taxes, looking for their place in the world. People like me, who are really seeing climate change as not really doom and gloom. It's, it's not really that scary. It's more of a natural change. This is going to happen. We know this is going to happen. If you're not convinced this is going to happen, just look at the science. Like if, you, if you're not convinced about reality of climate change, I'm not going to convince you. Just look at the science. That's, that's my approach, at least. And seeing that as a natural path, I think a lot of people should know about all those different business opportunities that climate change is bringing to us. That future, you know, filled with all those different technologies. Are you? Do you see that around you in in Wageningen in Netherlands? Do you see a lot of people, young people, engaging with sustainable technologies, with business like playing with business opportunities, rely on like new materials, new tech? Do you see that? Yeah, I think that it, it is. It is. Um, uh, it, it is. It's in the starting phase, but but um, there are a lot of um, new technologies. Um, uh, there are a lot of startup companies that that uh, come up with new innovations. That that also that all are parts of the puzzle because we are. Um, yeah, we are making a very big puzzle, and and we need. The, the thing with climate change is that there is not one solution um, because then it was easy to solve. And um, uh, we need many, many, many uh, different uh, solutions. And there are all kinds of technologies that all are a part of the puzzle into the world we, we want to go or the way direction we want to go. Um, and uh, for instance, uh, electric cars uh, are a part of the a part of the solution. Uh, but uh, I, I think Tesla has has made um, electric cars sexy, <laughs> uh, and now um, every um, car company is is making an, an electric car, and and it will take well uh, the next uh, thirty years to replace our whole uh, car park uh, how do you say it uh, all, all the cars in the world to, oh, yeah, towards yeah. electric cars car work <laughs> yeah it, it, it will it will take time but but uh, there are so many uh, um, yeah so many different solutions um, and that that 
that's what I mean with it is a, a big business opportunity uh, because we, we we always see like climate change will uh, or climate solutions cost us a lot of money. Uh, but if we if we do nothing, that will cost a lot of money. And mm-hmm. climate solutions provide new opportunities, um, business opportunities, but also to create a better and more attractive uh, surrounding and uh, a more attractive country. Future, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason one one of the reasons why I'm I'm so interested in your work is ex- exa- is behind you right now is the is the future map of Netherlands, and I think it's time to, we we talk a, just a little bit about this because this is huge. This is an absolutely inspiring, <clears throat> visionary document map. <clears throat> Sorry, which shows the future of Netherlands in 2120. And when I was researching that and we were talking about this, it's filled with nature-based solutions. It is a, it is a roadmap that was very positively accepted by the by the people in Netherlands. Can you just I know you told me that story, but I think it's fascinating how the story behind this map getting viral. You've created that map, right? At some point, how did it happen? How did it get a viral? <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was great actually. Um, <clears throat> well, we we created the story. Um, we started to create the story uh, in uh, 2019 uh, with a group of researchers uh, at Wageningen uh, University of Research um, because we wanted to put nature-based solutions on the map because we think. Working with nature and what we call nature-based solutions, so protect and restore nature is a, is a large part of, part of the of the solution. And we said, if you want to create a story of the future we want or where we want to go, actually you need a map because if you want to go somewhere, if you, you travel somewhere, yeah, you use a map to know where you want to go. So we thought, let's put nature-based solutions literally on the map. Uh, and well, that, that's what we did. So we presented this uh, story uh, on our conference in the Netherlands, and we put it on the uh, uh, on the internet. And we thought, okay, let's see what happens. Uh, because we we thought it was a great story. But, uh, let's see if the rest of the world also thinks that's a, that's <laughs> a nice story. <laughs> and to be honest, uh, the first uh, first days, uh, nothing really happened. And then. Uh, I think after a week or something, a journalist uh, phoned us and he, he said to us, why is this story not in the newspaper yet? And I said, yeah, you are, you are a journalist. I uh, can better ask you, <laughs> well, but uh, be my guest. And he said, okay, uh, this is a great story because this shows a positive future and people need positive uh a scientific-based perspective for the future where we want to go. So, so he he said, okay, I'll put it on. Uh, I want to put it in in the first newspaper of the new decennium. So th- that's the newspaper of the second of January. Um, so in the there was a big story about our vision of the future of the Netherlands in the first newspaper of of uh, 2020. And then, uh, yeah, and then it went viral because then it was uh, we were called by the news uh, 
and by uh, a talk show, a very famous talk show in the Netherlands, Buitenhof. Um, and we had, uh, yeah, we, we, we were invited everywhere to talk about this story because we experienced that people really need this kind of information. They, they know that climate is changing. They know that biodiversity is a big problem. And they know all the problems we are facing if you do nothing. But they want to have some kind of a roadmap where we want to go. And that's what we made. This is brilliant. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by the, the how extensive this map needs to be. And w what is the next step with the map? I, I know you told me that, but for the people listening right now, so you have a map of Netherlands, map of the that is filled with nature-based solutions, which can be you know thirty percent of all solutions that we need to do to you know adjust to climate change. You are able to show it visually. What is the next step? What do you want to do with this? Well, of course, we want to create a map, <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> it's very important that we the this is a vision. It's it's we made this story to open the discussion and to give another perspective of our country and what we also did is we we turned the map so we normally we present our map uh, of the netherlands when the north is up north <laughs> and what we did is we turned the map upside down uh, or uh, yeah we turned it like yeah rotated it like 90 degrees yeah yeah 90 degrees yeah <clears throat> to show, to give another perspective of our country and to make people think. Uh, so we, we didn't, this is not a plan. Uh, I, we are scientists and we cannot say this is, a, this is how the Netherlands will look like in the future. But it is to open the discussion that we need a long-term perspective of how to, because the Netherlands is a very small country and we are part of our country is below sea level and we, we have, uh, we are, um, one of the most dense, densely populated countries in the world. We are very small. Uh, we have a lot of agriculture. We have a lot of people, uh, a lot of traffic. So, um, uh, and climate change will create a lot of problems. So we really need to rethink how we will design the Netherlands. We have to redesign our country. And we have designed, and the Dutch have designed the, the Netherlands uh, yeah, without people there there was not no the Netherlands um, so we have been designing our country for, for centuries but now we really have to redesign our country mm -hmm. and well that story uh, we are talking with that story with a lot of institutes ministries uh, uh, governments, municipalities uh, water authorities uh farming uh, organizations and so um and what we want to do with it is well to open a discussion that we need this long-term perspective i really need to think about this um, redesigning of our country but we also want to realize these nature-based solutions because working with nature is really the way forward so we cannot keep um increasing the height of our dikes uh, because when they break uh, it will create a lot of problems so we have to give our rivers more space and we have to create more forests and we have to uh, make our cities much more green and 
we really want to realize that. Uh, so that's what we want to do with it. So make sure that, um, well, the, our map will be a reality in the future. Mm-hmm. And it will take, uh, yeah, we will, we, will, we will not do that in a, in a year, especially not uh, during this corona uh, <laughs> uh, crisis. But, but um, we have to start today. That's, that's the, the, the important message because it's a vision for 100 years and it, it seems 100 years seems a long that we have uh, a very long time and that we well that we cannot uh, that we can wait doing something but the message is the future starts today so we have to start acting today to create the map for 2120 yeah I, rem- I remember i don't know where it was but you've said something about how peoples have seen the map of 21 Netherlands 2120 and they ask why do we have to wait so long for this amazing future that awaits us <laughs> yeah that, that that's exactly what we want to to um, realize uh, the, the, the that that reaction is very important that people uh, that we showed a future a future that we want and do, uh, that creates an action modus in people so so people start wanting to wanting to do something and if you say our country will be flooded and uh, everything will be uh, there will be wildfires and floodings and droughts then people think what what can i do i cannot do something about it i just want to curl up in my bed and i'm just gonna Uh, (laughs) put netflix on and then uh, (laughs) i see the movie of uh, david attenborough (laughs) oh exactly exactly (laughs) yeah so yeah, so to bring action to people, I, I think that is exactly uh, my friend. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm talking a lot about this with my friends, with my younger friends, and it's it's exactly what we need in this in this. But in order for us to like get on the same board, I think we all need to up, like agree to certain ways we can see the future and map is one of the ways to do it uh i know you mentioned something about challenging other countries and i I found that really inspirational like you have a map as netherlands uh would you challenge other countries such as poland for example or germany or france to so they can do their own and if so do you think every country has enough data they can like what, what kind of data are you using to create a map like this you know, you you say it's a vision board, so I assume there's a lot of places in between that are kind of filled with imagination. But you base something, you base that map on something. Can you can you share what it is? Sure. Um, well, I think that the most important point is that we also created uh, design guidelines, uh, five uh, guiding principles for redesigning our country. And the first thing we said is that. Uh, the natural system, so our, our landscape, our soil, our water systems, uh, our, our nature um, nature reserves, that's our natural system. And that's the basis for redesigning uh, our country. Um, so our country is divided in, in, in different kinds of uh, uh, soils. Um, the soil type is very important of what you can do there. Uh, we have uh, sandy areas, the more higher higher areas of our country is more sand, uh, and the more low-lying lying areas is more uh, clay. And, and we said, for instance, okay, 
for our plant-based food production, we need the best soils to uh, uh, to provide uh, our uh, to, to for for our food production. Uh, our sandy soils; these are the places where we have a lot of troubles with uh, with droughts. Uh, so there we have a lot of uh, water shortage problems. And our country at this moment is totally designed to get rid of all the water as soon as possible because water was our our friend and our enemy a little bit. Uh, so so uh, because we are a low-lying country uh, and we had a lot of, had a lot of agriculture, uh, our water management system is, is created to get rid of the water. Mm. Uh, so we... We move all the water as soon as possible to the sea. But now, because of climate change and also because of our own water management system, we're starting to realize that we need to... Actually, we need every drop of water. We need to use it uh, for our agriculture, but also for our nature, because also our nature reserves are drying up. Um, And that means... So our water and our... Yeah, our natural system and our soil systems are really important to, to to start thinking of how we want to redesign our country. And also where do we want, because we are building 1 million new houses in the Netherlands in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody is asking the question, where should we actually, in a smart way, build these houses? Uh, so they're all planned in the low-lying co- uh, parts of our country. And we know, um, we say in the next 100 years, our country uh, will not be flooded because of sea level rise yet. Uh, and it all very much depends on how, if we reach the Paris Agreement, well, then we are safe. But if we don't reach the goals of the Paris Agreement, then the sea level uh, could rise more and more. And then, yeah, yeah, then the western part of our country is really at risk. Mm-hmm. You said something about Paris Agreement. I know it's a polarizing topic. Would you mind telling me, do you think we can make it as a, to keep the temperature? Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a very, a very big question. I think, um, I think I'm still hopeful. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I think if we really want to reach the Paris Agreement, we uh, we have to do much more than we are doing at the moment. Uh, so there's really a momentum now. Uh, the next ten years will be essential. Uh, mm-hmm. If we if we don't do what we promise to do in the next ten years, it will be not possible to reach the Paris Agreement. I'm afraid. So we really have to act now. And and the the, the climate negotiations were. The, uh, uh, postponed or uh, because of uh, Corona, uh, um, so the 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 the, the COP, uh, the big climate conference, yearly climate conference in Glasgow was postponed to uh, to next year, uh, and that doesn't help, of course, because we we really need to move on, and uh, the Corona we are we are now so busy with Corona. Uh, and, uh, and Corona is a big problem. Of course, we really need to do something about that. But, uh, well, a lot of people say Corona is just, um, yeah, it's just a very small problem 
uh, comparing, comparing to, climate, to yeah. climate change and loss of biodiversity. So we we cannot focus on Corona alone and and um, yeah delay all the climate uh, climate action uh, action we have to have to make. Absolutely, yeah. I think yeah. I know it's not really that optimistic to, to talk about how negotiations are really getting us nowhere. I know we've been like as humanity, we've been trying to negotiate our way out of climate change for the past 30 years. And it's, it all boils down to money, at least from my perspective <laughs> and from the perspective of, I was doing some kind of curses on what is the problem with climate negotiations. And it really is about how uh, more wealthy countries, are, like what's the setup between wealthier countries and poorer countries when it comes to uh, having time for development using fossil fuels, because that's like the fast way. I don't want to get into all that. It, it is, it is, it is very, it could be very negative. But I want to ask you about one particular technology that is that I keep hearing about. Can I, I even keep talking with people about it? It's a direct direct carbon capture, the, the the technology that is supposedly designed to take carbon uh, oxide and just suck it out of the air. Do you think it's possible? Do you, I mean I mean it is possible, but do you think it's it, it is it a viable way of thinking about the future too? Yeah, to be honest, I, I'm, uh, we really need to investigate these kind of uh, solutions. But but to be honest, I think uh, I believe much more in in transforming towards a carbon-free world. So um, I think we have to reduce our emissions much much more, and in the meantime, we have to uh, absorb all the emissions that are already there, uh, we have to take them out of the atmosphere by natural solutions. Uh, and uh, carbon capture is a, is a, is a te technology. Um, well, there's still a lot of research to be done to mm -hmm. prove that it works. Uh, and I think uh, the natural system has uh, already uh, treated 0.8 billion of R&D experience mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because the best way to take uh, carbon out of the air, carbon dioxide out, out of the air is, is, is by uh, trees and plants. They are very good at that. And that's the story we are telling also for, for the Netherlands. And I think we could tell a story like this for the, for the rest of the world to show that if we start working with nature, that is the best way to take uh, carbon out of the air because mm -hmm. we can um, store a lot of carbon in our landscape, in our soils, in our oceans, in our wetlands, and in our forests. And um, well, there, there's uh, a lot of research already done about these nature-based solutions technologies. Um, and the message is that they can help the Paris Agreement for a third. They can, uh, so nature, investing in nature can solve uh, and, and it can help us reach the Paris Agreement for a third of the problem. So, um, and it has so many other benefits uh, because uh, it also helps to restore biodiversity. That's, that's, uh, that could be even a bigger challenge than climate change. So, so it, um, and it helps 
to make the air more clean. And it helps to make us more uh, or less stressful and more healthy. And so it, it, it has a lot of benefits for people as well. So investing in nature has so many multiple benefits that it's almost a no-brainer. And maybe it's it, it's it's such a no-brainer that we sometimes forget about it because mm-hmm. because we really we want to solve everything by techno technological solutions, uh, such as this uh, carbon capture technologies. I, I think that's why need, why do we need these technologies when we could use natural solutions that also provide so many other benefits uh, for nature and people. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Kind of leads me to an interesting book you've mentioned on our previous call, Wizards and Prophets. Remember that one? It is a book by Charles Seaman. And I just seen, I have not read the book yet, but I've seen the TED talk uh, with him. And I think that's a little bit uh, something that you're touching on upon right now. That wizards are uh, this, like we are on the same boat, wizards and the prophets. And, and wizards are people who are who believe that we can find our technology and uh, use the technology uh, and use that to to solve all our problems and the prophets are on the opposite do you do you find yourself thinking in those terms or do you see that like uh, this conversation not really interesting and not valid like what do you what do you think are you are you a wizard or a prophet like a map I can tell you like when I when I look at a map and the, the vision of the future that is a little bit like wizard kind of thinking like we can design our way and I, and I love this approach but at the same time prophets thinking in terms of ecological limits and how nature is really the solution and this is also an interesting point because we talk about nature as if it's not us <laughs> that's yeah. I, I keep i keep finding myself even even myself i keep i keep talking about how nature this and nature that and we have to go be in nature more and, but we are nature we are we embody the nature we are literally the nature so absolutely what's up with that man <laughs> Yeah, I really love this this book of uh, uh, the Wizard of the Prophets, um, and it and it really explains and and uh, how the world is divided between people that really think uh, we have to think in uh, the world is going to collapse and uh, we have to uh, the, the the prophets they say we need less and less and less. Eh? We have to um, stop uh, economic growth and uh, well. Uh, uh, we all have to uh, become uh, vegetarians, uh, and 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 uh, the wizards say we can solve everything with smart solutions and, and technologies, and, and uh, don't worry, we, we will work our way way out. And um, these two camps have to come together. I think that's really important. And that's also a little bit what we wanted to show with our map, because I think our map is a little bit of both worlds. Mm-hmm. We have to bring these wizards and prophets together, and also literally together. So we have to put them in a room together, and we have to start talking, um, and not, uh, but also listening to each other. Because uh, if, if we start saying, I think we cannot solve everything with technologies alone, and it's also not needed that we 
uh, yeah, that that we have to stop doing everything that, that we are doing. So we, I think, we can create a very attractive and uh, a nice world if we bring these smart technology thinkers and the 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 planet thinkers, uh, so the wizards and the prophets together and start thinking about the future we want and how to create this future we want. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that will be the way forward. And I think our map is a little bit telling that story. But it's not so much technology-based, it's still, still very much nature-based. So in that sense, it's more uh, a profit approach. Uh, but when you say uh, we are designing or redesigning our country, so that's that's a little bit the wizard approach. Uh, but I think on top of our map, our nature-based storyline of the future of the Netherlands, um, we can still add a lot of uh, smart technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, our story will even become much better. So that's also one of the things we want to do in the next coming years. To uh, to make it a more wizard, mm-hmm. uh, to add some wizard uh, technologies in, in our map. It is. It seems like you're talking about the third group, which is like realistic visionaries who kind of like take best from both worlds. I think. Yeah, I I, I know it's a little bit like. Uh, well, I see climate change, and I see everything that we're talking about. The, all those different solutions, like having science be more present in everyday life everybody needs to be a little bit of scientist right now to understand why we need to change certain things why there's need for behavioral change why there's a need for systemic change and the way i see it the way i keep myself positive and optimistic about this is that this is kind of like a test for humanity that we can we can pass and we can really raise above this and really start looking at earth at something that we 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 navigate this spaceship that is flying through the cosmic ocean that is something we 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 manage our resources in a smart way we understand the problems we understand the dynamics there's so much stuff we don't know about yet right like the ocean like the ocean is so undiscovered just yet and it, it feels like it feels like we it feels like we know what we are doing but I keep finding all those evidence that we don't really. And I, I think that's that's the majority of people start to realize right, right now that we really thought we knew it all. But we I, I don't think we, we know. Like We need people like you who actually do, you know, the research and know what they're talking about. Uh, and I think, I, th- I think we're on the brink of something huge over here. And we, we are seeing it just from the different perspective, like we like looking back from let's say 100 years from now we're gonna have this beautiful world where it may be different from what we imagine right now we're gonna look back and realize that was a that was a huge moment in our lifetimes that was the moment where we really uh started to see both sides of the coin at the same time and just one thing i i know you may not be prepared for this right now but if if given a chance for 30 seconds of 100% focus of every human on the planet what would you say to to people Let, let's say for 30 seconds everybody's listening to you with 100% <laughs> focus they do, do not they don't do anything else what would you say to them 
Well, I, I would say that um, the the world is facing a big challenge, um, and we know eh, climate change and biodiversity are the biggest challenges we are facing at this moment. Uh, but we know exactly what we have to do. We know what kind of solutions uh, we have on the table, and and we 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 can apply them on a big on a massive scale, and. Uh, I think one of the most important messages would be that um, working with nature and nature-based solutions, protecting and restoring nature is one of the biggest solutions we are sometimes uh, seem to forget. And if we apply these kind of solutions on a massive scale, then our world will become climate-proof, climate-resilient, but also much more attractive with place for nature and also place for people and healthy people uh, so i think we have to stop being afraid and start doing something about it and creating a future a nature-based future we want and uh, we can start doing that today by uh, start greening our own surroundings and start doing th- something about it instead of uh, yeah, thinking that we we have to solve the coronavirus first because we uh, then and then start doing something about climate change. We have to start doing something today. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you said green your surroundings. I think that's that's something a lot of people look for. This thing that they can do. And yeah, whenever you have a chance, go to the forest, take a trash bag, and start picking up the plastic, or you know, start taking care of the plants. Yeah. I think that I think you're totally right. Well, you're way smarter than me, so <laughs> who am I to tell? Let me ask you this: If people want to connect with you, uh, reach out to you, do you look for particular people right now? Anybody, any specialists? Like, if anybody's listening and stumbled upon this podcast sometime in the future, what kind of people do you look for? And if you look for anybody particular, how they can reach you? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, so that's uh, that's pretty easy. Um, and uh, well, we're always looking for uh, people that that are very interested in this way of thinking, this this way of uh, future perspectives of uh, uh, where we want to go. Um, so we are trying to, um, yeah elaborate on what what on the work we 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 did so far uh, but we also have a lot of questions uh, to be answered um, we also want to um, uh, add some uh, uh, technology and yeah, the wizard kind of uh, solutions uh, add to our map uh, but but we also want to to create storylines like this for other continents, for instance, uh, for Africa or for 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 Asia or for for Latin America. That would that would be very interesting because also there we we really need a nature based uh, approach. So if people are interested in that, uh, I would love to uh, to further discuss it. So if there's somebody in Africa or in Asia and they listen to it and they realize that the map of the future of Africa or their country is something they could start working on, they can just reach out to you and ask questions and, and start to like collaborate with you. Is that what you're saying? Is that how it works? Sure. Yeah, I'm very busy. But, uh, <laughs> so of course. Again, I of course. promise uh, <laughs> to, to help everybody. But um, yeah, but, but it's. Uh, I think this, this, this yeah. 
I think we have to show uh, we cannot do it from from Wageningen uh, alone, of course. So we have, we want to collaborate with other smart people and smart institutes to create this uh, positive um, storylines for the future. I think the world needs needs that because there's there's a lot of bad news. Uh, we know that, and of course, we can. Uh, well, we have we do we don't have to uh, keep. Um, uh, listening to this bad news, but we, we can start acting and, and doing something and, and creating storylines, uh, attractive narratives for the future. Mm-hmm. That's what people want to hear. That's what we experienced. And I think that's not only in the Netherlands the case. I think that's everywhere. So, um, and, and these kinds of storylines uh, are, um, they get much less attention than, than the bad news. So mm-hmm. let's let's turn that around and let's create uh, yeah, positive future. Absolutely. On this positive note, let's end this podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was it, I feel I'm filled with hope right now. And that's what this project is all about, this this podcast project, to spread the message from people like you, to connect people that see this as an opportunity and not apocalypse so thank you again tim i'm gonna cut it we don't have to leave just yet (laughs) 